Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Live Free Podcast. This is episode number 10. Super excited for this one today because it is the first double-digit show. How excited are you for this today, JD? I cannot wait to get into this episode. I spent all morning uh, getting the team fired up and in meetings for Bespoke Stay short-term rentals. And uh, I've got a Lanny concert tonight. Can't wait to see Paul Klein rip it up. So the podcast is icing on the cake today, and I can't wait to get into all of the knowledge we're about to drop. Super excited about it. Yeah, and how do you find time to go to Lanny concerts? Actually, hold on. We'll, we'll wait for that. We'll talk about that right now. All right. Let's start off with how did you get into real estate and investing? So I knew from the time I sat in my first job, which was managing a LA fitness, um, being there from 8 a.m. till 9 p.m. every day, that those shift hours didn't work for me and I knew I needed to get into something where I had a lot more freedom. I knew investing was out there. I didn't know how to do it. Um, Fast track, I eventually was renting a room out. I was living in the attic of one of my friend's places and realizing that he lived there and had a couple people paying him rent that that was the way to make money in your sleep. Um, and I knew I wanted to get to a point where I was doing something similar, uh, just at a much larger scale so that I could rip up some of my favorite artist concerts whenever I wanted to rip them up. Totally. Yeah, that sounds super exciting. Um, so that was a house hack you said then, yeah? Yeah, my friend, my friend had a house hack and I got into house hacking uh, shortly thereafter. Yeah, great. All right. And then, um, so how old are you now? I am 29. And then, so at what age did you start actually investing? When did you buy your first property? I was 24 when I got my first one. I was managing the gym at 21. Uh, I got a big boy job. Um, not that the gym wasn't good. I was making like 90K a year at 21, which was nuts. But I wanted to, to dabble into my math skills, and I got a job uh, at an insurance company, and that's when I was renting for my friend. Wow, okay, super great. So for me, uh, I'm a little younger than JD. I am 19 years old. Um, I own one property, um, and I did have a job um, at Wawa. It's a local uh, um, sort of like gas station on the East Coast. Um, and so I worked there for about two years um, during high school, and then after high school I worked there for a little bit. And I was there for about two years until I realized that uh, the sort of the 9-to-5 life really wasn't for me. Um, I know some people might say I'm crazy because I'm 19 years old and I worked for two years. Um, but from, from a pretty early age, from pretty much sophomore year of high school, um, I started looking um, it just into investing. And, and real estate was just kind of – I realized it was kind of my calling. I, I really just took um, a liking to just you know sort of that living free lifestyle with real estate that it can give you. Um, so I kind of just knew from uh, YouTube University is what I call it. Um, just just watching video after video after video after video. Um, Graham Stephan was a was a big influence on me um, to get into real estate. Um, but I just kept learning and learning and learning. Um, you know, with also with books and podcasts and, and all that stuff. Um, and you know, I realized investing was probably the route I should go, especially being so young. How much power I can have with just compound interest and all these things involved. Um, how crucial it would be for me to get into real estate early and just investing and how, you know, how big I could take it. It's super crucial that you started so young and are on such a great path already at such a young age. And I think it's so cool that you follow people like Grant Cardone and Graham Stephan as opposed to hanging out on TikTok. Um, what you put into your mind is, is really everything. If, if I always find it so interesting when um, someone else brings up their phone and you, they are scrolling through their Instagram um, the difference on their page versus my own versus another person's like just seeing what people are putting into their minds is, is super cool 
um, and fascinating because I think it really is a good reflection of where their life sits. Oh, yeah, totally. I can totally agree with that. Um, you, you know, there, there's this one quote, and it's the average of the five friends you're around. Um, you're going to be the average of the five friends you're around, sorry. Um, so it's basically like just look at your five closest people around you and see what they do and see how they are sort of ending up, and, and you're going to end up just the average of those guys. So if, if everyone around you is, is drinking and partying all the time and, and just kind of working a job they hate, well, that's, that's probably how you're going to end up. But if you start to surround yourself and you really be choosy with the people you surround yourself with and you're surrounding yourself with, with what we call winners, people who are crushing every day, they're, they're working towards themselves and working for themselves all the time and just doing what they love and, and making a ton of money, well, then you're probably going to end up somewhere right about where they are at. Yeah, totally. And I, I noticed this at, at every job I was at. Uh, when I was working at the gym, all of my, my friends were giant, super strong, super cool people, um, but weren't really sure where they were going. When I was working at the insurance company, uh, I was super driven about the career path, um, was going out in New York City a lot with these guys and really aspiring to have like a larger career. Um, luckily, I, I was able to get out and get into real estate where now all my friends are super interested in just investing, investing, investing. And my friends, to be honest, are kind of weird. So I like the I like that I have a mix of weird and real estate as my, my friend group now, and I think I'm where I belong. Yeah, for sure. So let's get into a little bit why we really wanted to get into real estate. Was it the money? Was it the freedom, flexibility? What sort of things was it for you that made you want to get into this sort of career? Yeah, and I think what drives me is the same thing that drives everyone. It's, it's the end picture might be a little bit different for, for each person. But really, the reason we all want from, from a young age, take yourself back to what you would answer, like what you wanted to do when you were 10 years old. Um, what went into that was a lot more creative and it didn't involve the money as much. And as you got older, it became a little more real, right? You started to want a job that paid you a whole lot. You wanted to take care of your family. You had wanted to, to provide for them. So when you think about all of these things, that's when your mind starts to shift and to get into the more career mentality uh, but the reason you get into a career is to provide for your family, to make more money, to be flexible so you're not missing these family events and the things that you care to enjoy. Where I think a lot of people get lost is they, they start to get so in that lifestyle um, that they start putting their family aside for their career. And that's the opposite reason we got into the beginning. So for me, uh, I wanted a way to have the ultimate time freedom and flexibility to get into whatever it was that I liked. Um, for example, going to the concert with my, my five closest friends tonight. I think that's uh, super important I can hit, and there's going to be future life events that I'm not going to have to miss because I've been pouring all of my, my extra cash into investments since the time I was 24. Yeah, that sounds great. So for me, I think the biggest things for me of why I really wanted to get into real estate investing was honestly the freedom and the flexibility. The money thing was was, was a thing. Obviously, of course, I wanted to make you know a bunch of money and then – um, have freedom to, to go to, like we said, concerts and all these events and, and not have to worry about the price tag when you go, you know, to the store and, and buy things. Um, but really for me, it was being able to go to these events and not have to schedule off work and not have to request off and just hope and pray that the boss approves the, the time off. You know, I like to be able to work when I want. I like to be able to not work when I don't want to work and, you know, just be able to do what I want when I want, basically. And What's really nice about having that freedom and flexibility is you're not capped on how much money you can make. Basically, the more time and effort you can put into working, the more money that should come out of it, right? When you're at a typical job, you're, you're usually working hourly, right? So it doesn't matter how hard you work, 
or how much effort you put into it, you're going to make the same amount of money depending on how many hours you work. So with real estate and anything that's that's more, you know, investor based, you, you get to put in more work to make more money. You're not capped on how much money you can make in a particular day. Yeah, totally. And I, I noticed that throughout the positions I was in. When I was working in the gym, it was commission, and that's how I was able to make so much at a young age. And I like that. Um, and I like that's where my life is at now. And I think that's something we have to dispel with everyone here is that it's not about not working. I really enjoy working. Ask anyone. I'm kind of a workaholic. But what I think most people find fascinating is that I'm able to get all of these things done, but still live an extravagant lifestyle with where I travel. There's one of the most recent podcast episodes we recorded. I had been to 15 different cities in 15 weeks, um, and I was still on fire with work. Um, part of the travel was work. So I think travel is something that everyone wants. And when you have the flexibility to enjoy that, it's great. When I was at another job, um, the annual raises came around and I got a raise of like $3,000 a year, um, which I was working my tail off. And because just how companies do it, everyone gets a raise. Uh, there were other people who got the same or more than me. And I know I was working harder. Uh, and the other thing that bothered me was the hours. The work could get done in two hours, but there were eight hour shifts and I had to be there. So of course I'm spending my time working on my own side projects, but not everyone is doing that. And I think a lot of people are kind of losing a lot of time they have in their life to, to make these changes and get hit all the same dreams we all have. So the, the big thing for me, I think the biggest thing was being told what to do by someone else and having kind of them paint the vision and, and them kind of paint that career path versus when you're working for yourself and, and investing and have more time to reflect on what it is that you're spending your time doing, the dreams you can come up with are 10 times bigger. And that's that's what keeps me going and what inspires me at this point is with me painting the own vision for myself and my team and the people around me, it's super cool to see all of the things that we're capable of that are so different than the typical corporate uh, nine to five job where people aren't there to, to build out a dream. They're just there to collect a paycheck and leave. And that's that's just not what I want to be around. Uh, I think life is going to be 10 times more fulfilling the other way around. Oh, sure. Yeah, there's there's so much more to life than, than just working a job, going home, paying bills and just getting in that cycle and going and going and going and going. And a really funny quote is entrepreneurs will quit their nine to five job to work 24 seven. And I, I don't think there's <laughs> more truth to that than than just what it is, because when, when you're an entrepreneur, typically most of the time, you're going to be working all the time. Now, sure, you do get to choose when you work and you get to choose when you don't work, but you sort of have to work more just because of the fact that if you're not working, you're probably not making any money. Totally, and that's, that's true of any business or commission-based role, and I think <clears throat> some people's personalities really fit that. I know mine does, and so it's the same is true for the people around me. Not everyone's meant for that. Some people just want to make something steady, and that's okay. Uh, but I do urge those people to rethink kind of what they started for in the beginning. Like we said, it's it's to set out to provide for your family and be able to live a life that you want. That's why we get these careers, because they, they make a certain amount of money to afford a lifestyle that we want. And I think if they can, can realize that if they're putting enough money aside that the investment is replacing their income, the amount of time they have to do all the things that they enjoy doing just is exponentially higher and they get all of these memories and all of this power back uh and it, it'd be super cool to see more people take the plunge and not you don't even have to start your own business but just through passive investments what you could create for yourself and, and the life you could have um i'm sure everyone everyone out there could name a few things that they would want 
Yeah, totally. Um, let's talk a little bit about 75 Hard. Now, for those of you that don't know, 75 Hard is a program, um, uh, an entrepreneurship program. It's, it's, it's sort of fitness, but it's not really fitness-based. It's more of a, a mental-based thing. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about what 75 Hard is, J.D.? Yeah, so 75 Hard is a program that just recalibrates your mental and physical health uh, through a form of several challenges over the course of 75 days. Uh, what this involves, and everyone has a different answer on what the harder part of these tasks are, but essentially when you break it down, it's 10 pages of reading every day, two workouts, one has to be outside, uh, drinking a gallon of water, and a specific diet. Now you can, can make the diet whatever you want. The only um, facet to it is that you cannot have alcohol. And people tell me all the time that there are different pieces of this that are harder for them. Some people tell me that it's the no alcohol that's the hard part. Some people tell me they could, could never work out twice a day. Um, other people tell me they can't imagine trying to read 10 pages a day, which I think is ludicrous um, and just plain silly. But that's, that's 75 hard in a nutshell. So why did you want to do 75 hard? What drew you to it? So it's, it's kind of a funny story because I, I did it myself uh, before I knew it was a thing. Um, I did it when COVID first hit and short-term rentals were shutting down because I had already kind of had a foot out the door um, from the corporate job and was pursuing my own business. And then, of course, a global pandemic hits and I'm in the hospitality industry, one of the worst sectors to be in at the time of a global pandemic. So uh, I decided just for, for myself, I needed to put myself in control of everything that was happening. And there were a lot of things I couldn't control. No, no one could stop COVID and, and the, the havoc it was wreaking. But what I could control is my physical fitness, my mental clarity. And I was making sure I was reading every day. I was meditating every day. I was working out twice a day, once lifting and once running outside. Um, as well as a couple other things that I wanted to focus on. I had uh, been trying to get a good streak going of not drinking and, and making sure that my mental clarity was there. So I did it by accident. And that's when I got started was when COVID hit. And it was really cool how COVID stopped hitting hospitality uh, super hard about a month, two months in. And by the end of it, I was in peak physical and mental condition, uh, being able to do some crazy things, which... Uh, Mike got a taste of we did a Murph challenge recently, but I was telling him before we did this Murph that I was able to do 700 pull-ups within an hour uh, I did a Murph in 30 minutes before um, And after Mike's first Murph Mike, how was that Murph for you? So for anybody that doesn't know a Murph um, is is basically I think it's it's military like Marines do it, right? Is, is that right? Something like that. So a Murph basically is you start off with a mile run and then this is all in a 20-pound in a weighted vest by the way, so you start off with a mile run, and then you go and you find some sort of you know park or something you can go in, whatever, um, and you do 100 pull-ups. After you finish that, you then move on to 200 push-ups, and after you finish that, you then go and do 300 squats, and then to finish it all off, you then do another mile run. Now, I found out about this challenge the night before, and I was like, all right, yeah, like I'll I'll go in and do it, and I, I, it can't be that hard, right? This was very difficult. This this turned into me going for two hours, puking, and I, I did finish it. I did finish it, and I, I didn't have any expectations. I knew it would take me a while, but I did finish it, and it, it took me two hours. Yeah, there's a there's a different type of puke and rally around here. We're not uh, <laughs> we're not big drinkers here at the, the Live Free 
fam, but uh, we, we do know how to puke and rally when it comes to workouts, and I'm so glad you were able to do that for us, Mike. I do think they may have named the, the Murph Challenge after my good friend Jim Murphy. Um, this is a guy that uh, was there when I did my first 75 hard, and I think he, he might have invented it right then and there. Yeah, totally. Um, getting right back to 75 hard, um, the reason for me why I did 75 hard was, was more the physical. For you, I think it was more the mental game. For me, it was more the physical. At, at the time, um, when I first did it, because I've done it, um, I've done it one time, and I just recently had started it and, and failed, so I, I might start again pretty soon. Um, but I did start 75 hard before, and for me, it was way more the physical. I, I wanted to look better and feel better about myself, and, and also, I did see a lot of the, the mental um, aspects of it, too, and I, I kind of wanted that for myself, being more um, being more hard on myself and being able to like look at that box of cookies and say no, um, that it really helped with that and, and just you know the whole mental game itself. Um, and I, I do think this is your third time on the 75 hard, right, JD? Yeah, this this would be the third or fourth one. Uh, and I think Mike nailed it is is not just the physical. And as, as you go through and, and you get physically in shape, a lot of that comes from the mental piece, being able to say no to things that you previously didn't have the willpower to say no to. And that's that's part of why I did it the first time is with the, the hospitality industry crashing, uh, I knew if I was going to keep my business afloat throughout the pandemic, um, I could come out on top while everyone else was crashing, and I needed the utmost mental clarity for that. So being able to push through and, and get myself mentally prepared and always in, in peak form was super important to me. And I, I still see that to this day. When I'm on the hard, um, I'm capable of accomplishing so much in that 75 days, uh, and that's really kind of my secret sauce to be able to do all of the things that I do. Yeah, and there was definitely no better time to do 75 hard than COVID when there literally was nothing else going on. Like, there, there was no parties, there was no clubs, there was nothing open. So working out and just bettering yourself was probably one of the best things you could have done. Oh, yeah. Um, it's I started uh, Liberty City Living, and um, I, got the, I got the company off the ground when COVID hit. That's when I first started managing short-term rentals, and now look at us uh, two years later, over 200 units. Uh, I only had three properties at the time when COVID hit, and now I have over 20. So just the things that I've been able to accomplish in just two short years, having done the hard three, four times in that, that time frame, um, it's, it's pretty crazy. And that's once you guys get a taste of even trying the hard and, and you see what you're, you're capable of, you're never going to want to go back because this happens to everyone in our program and everyone who's been doing it is they see what they're capable of during the hard. They get a taste of what their full potential is and they see such a, a bigger light in life that they don't, they don't want to go back. They don't want to go back to how they were before the hard. And even when you're off, you take some of these habits that you have. So even when you are quote unquote soft, um, it's really nice because you're able to enjoy all of the the things you can indulge in in life and you're out there having a good time uh you know that the hard's going to come to an end and then you you really appreciate these things more um but you also have this craving for what you're capable of so when you then go back and start to do some of the other phases that are part of the program the 30-day phases um you get right back into the mix and you're able to accomplish more than you've ever dreamed of yeah, like one of the biggest things I learned from doing 75 hard is you start to really enjoy the struggle and enjoy the hustle and enjoy just 
the hard things in life, you start to enjoy those things instead of like when I before I started 75 hard, if there was anything difficult or anything, I would try to avoid it as much as possible. But after doing 75 hard, the mental game you, you start to gain when doing it and after doing it, you, you start to enjoy and, and like doing those hard things, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, they, they put you above the top. And an important thing that I think people have to realize out there is that two workouts a day as tedious as that sounds and crazy to fit into your schedule it flows so perfectly with with a work day um and you feel so accomplished after having done it and the other thing is people are so attached to their phones so when you're working out it gives you such a good space to just be in in your own head and when you have all that mental clarity the things that you can think up and you think about having that time away from technology whether you're doing a walk or a run um, whether you're at the gym just working out and the, the thoughts that you can have between sets, it's that mental piece that really pushes you further. So as much as I hate having to, to bake out an hour and a half a day or sometimes don't feel like doing another workout, I always feel 10 times better after doing those workouts. And I feel like I get clarity on a lot of the, the, the bigger challenges I have going on at the time. Yeah, totally. And just the, the things you can learn from 74, just like the actual learning part, like from reading that book, because um, you probably don't read it all. For me, like, I didn't read at all before starting 75 Hard. Um, being able to read, I actually enjoy reading now. Like, I like to pick up a book, sit down, and, you know, just have that hour, 30 minutes of just time where I'm just deep in a book and not worrying about anything else around me. Yeah, totally. And it's cool that you get better and better at reading. And when you read, you're picking out specific things you want to learn, or at least that's, that's those are the kind of books that I read. So I can tailor exactly what I need to learn and know um, to my life and the experience that I want to get out of it. So before the hard, I think I was doing maybe 10 to 15 books a year. Um, that first year hard, I did 26 books. And this year I'm on pace for close to like 40, 45 books. Uh, wow. And I can see it like going back, looking at my, my Instagram highlights, which, which is where I just kind of keep my own little vlog, if you will, of books that I've read. I can see how my business has expanded based off of what I've learned. And the things I've been accomplishing are all a direct result of those authors. And you you brought up a good point that you're basically the average of the five people around you. And I was thinking when you said that earlier, I was like, there really aren't many people around me that are exactly like me. And I was trying to figure out like, how is it that, not to, to toot my own horn, but how is it that I keep leveling up and accomplishing new things when I don't necessarily have a mentor who's doing these things. But now I'm realizing that my mentor this entire time throughout my entire journey has been the authors of these books. So if you don't have good friends to be around, having an author in your ear is going to be the best way to kind of recalibrate your life and learn some things that you never would have had access to otherwise. Yeah, that's, that's honestly a really good point. It's a really good way to put it. Um, and I'm sure you've probably noticed almost every day you start to implement these things that you learned in these books into your daily life. And you feel really accomplished when you can really take what you were just able to do and, and pinpoint it back to where you learned it. I'm sure you feel really accomplished that you actually took that information and used it like good for you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's hit at all different points. Like you said, it, it's great for entrepreneurs to get into investing and a lot of people are doing their own businesses. I've read so many books on business, how to hire, how to attract the right people, how to lead people, um, how to raise money. Um, all of these things have come super in handy in the real estate game. 
uh, and just reading more and more on real estate. I feel like I've dabbled into just about every aspect of real estate there is at this point, and I'm still getting into new ones, and I love soaking in that information. So for those of you out there who, who none of us know it all, and those of you out there who don't know, know anything yet, pick up a book, and spending that time with the author can really change the entire directory of your life. Totally. Let's parlay real quick into, let's talk about some of the books you've read and you, you've liked a lot. What do you, what's your what's your all-time most favorite book? Oh, you're making me pick one, dude. Yep, this is one. brutal. All right, let's let's do top three. Top three. Okay. Well, let me let me start with two that are very similar. One is Essentialism, and the other oh, one yep. is The One Thing. So these two books I read before I, like right as I was doing that first 75 hard and right before I quit my corporate job to get into real estate, uh, and they really pushed that trajectory. So they are both all about focusing on just one thing, and you don't need a million hours in your week in order to accomplish things you want to accomplish. You just need to get rid of all of the things that don't matter, and that's what those books are about. So for me, knowing that I was going to shift into real estate uh, putting all of my time into just real estate has totally changed the directory of my life. Um, and that's what those books are really about is how to limit, dis- eliminate any distractions and focus on the one thing that's going to push you further and staying essential to just the tasks that will get you forward. For sure. Yeah. I mean, that, you, you mentioned essentialism there. That's, that's one of my all time favorite books. Um, as well as one of my one of my favorites is how to win friends and influence people. It, it really taught me um, how to talk to people and really just how to provide value to people, um, and and help them because it's not all about you. It's it's what you can provide other people, and then you will get provided value from them back just in time. Really, it's another big one. Um, other than that, um, Rich Dad Poor Dad is a good one. Uh, Richest Man in Babylon. Um, all those were, were obviously a lot of the ones people talk about when, they, when they're first starting out. Those are really ones that got me started and, and helped me get going where I am today. Yeah, totally. And those books are, are really great, and I think those could apply to anyone at any given point. Uh, and I, books really fall into a couple different categories. There are books that are going to be super useful from the moment you open it if you're ready for it. There are other books that might not make any sense to you at the time, So I would encourage you guys to check out my Instagram highlights and go through. I have all of the books that I've ever read read there. And before you decide to order one, feel free to reach out to me and I'll tell you like if that's a good one for you right now, if I would recommend it. Um, I read my books in a specific order because I thought they were going to be good. And a lot of the books that I opened but never posted on those highlights are because I didn't think they were appropriate at the time for me, whether I wasn't ready or whether I think I was way past it. Unfortunately, how to win friends and influence people is one of those books. I remember, I think Tyler had recommended that to me and I opened it and within the first 10 pages, I had put it down because I was like, dude, this is, this is all, I'm, I'm past this, which maybe that's me being cocky, but that was for me. But what it sounds like for you, that book really helped you at a time that you needed it. So I would urge you guys out there to, to ping Mike or ping myself to see what kind of books might be good for you if you're looking for your next rec. I'm always looking for recs, so ping me with one you guys think I would like to, to read. Yeah, you can DM me at Live Free with Mike on Instagram, and where can they find you? Um, you could either reach out to uh, my people. So either reach out to at Cash Out Carry or at Jim Murph, um, and they'll get in touch with me. Or you could just ping me directly at Live Free with JD. Response times may vary if you, if you go direct. <laughs> totally, yeah. It's, that's, that's, I can confirm you might get a delayed response from at Live Free with JD. Yeah, it's um, got to be essential, guys. If it's not essential and it's not the one thing, it uh, it goes into the other inbox. 
yeah, once you read Essentialism, you will understand why it takes a little bit to, to reach him. Um, let's move a little bit into um, who we work for, because it's not always that you work for yourself, and it's not always that you're, you're trying to create um, a life that you love and you like to, to have for yourself. So, so what sort of other people do we work for? Yeah, it's a, that's a great point, Mike. And uh, I used to have a buddy I used to lift with in college who kind of taught me a funny phrase, but somehow it stuck with me this entire time. Um, we used to do reps for our unborn son because I never wanted to, to have a, a kid not look up to me. Um, like, I want my son to look up to me. And that, that means from a uh, financial standpoint, from a physical fitness standpoint, I want to be able to go out and play soccer with my kids. I want to be able to make every, every game that they have. So really, it's, it's my future family that I'm working for. And to me, at this point, with where my organization's at and what's going on, I think of everything that I do. I think, what will people in my organization think of me? And not like, oh, I care that they're going to judge me. I know that the decisions that I make and the choices that I make are going to reflect by what the people around me are going to do. Because a lot of people at this point do look up to me and the things that I'm doing. So I've got to build out... Um, a future for myself because it'll build out a future for them and a lot of the decisions I make directly impact a lot of the people I care about so for me I'm working for my family I'm working for my friends I'm working for my future family all these things that matter way more to me than going out to a party or uh, fooling around um, or getting distracted by like the next big investment opportunity I s stick very strongly to building out my career in real estate uh, and trying to make the best investments possible and becoming a specialist within short-term rentals because I know if I keep paving that path, so many people will benefit, people that are here with us now and people that will be here with us in the future. Yeah, I honestly could not have said it better myself. That was a very perfect explanation of <clears throat> – because a lot of people don't realize that you, we don't just – and I say we, like really just entrepreneurs and, and business owners, we don't just work for ourselves to have those, those flashy items and cars. We, we do work for other people too. Like we want other people around us to have this life that we live. We want other people to be able to live free and to be able to you know, quit their job at some point and, and do whatever they want, not be tied down to, to a nine to five job, um, paycheck to paycheck, all those, all those things. Um, we, so we do it not just for ourselves, other people as well. Um, let's go into, let's do, let's do some goals. Let's, let's talk about our goals. Um, let's start off with, with some of our, our physical body goals or just physical goals. You can start with these, Mike. So some of my, my, my physical goals is I've, I've recently been getting into running, okay? Um, and, and before I started, uh, I started probably about, it's been about a month and a half, I'd say, I'd started running. Um, before then, I could, I could barely run at all. Um, I could maybe go, you know, a thousand feet before I start to slow down and, you know, huffing and puffing. Um, but I've started to do these runs with JD where we run from, from our house all the way to what we call the skate park. Um, and, and put it in perspective, that is basically, how far is that? It's almost three miles. It's from uh, the heart of Point Breeze to Fairmount area where the skate park is by the art museum. So for all my Philly, Philly listeners out there, shout out to you guys. Um, it's basically right near the Rocky Steps. You guys know the vibes. Yep, the Rocky Steps. Um, so for me, one of my biggest goals is to just keep cutting down the time it takes for me to go from our house all the way to, to the skate park. And... That's about three miles, and I used to have a, a mile time of, of something like 11, 12, 13 minutes, which, which you guys, it, it, it's kind of slow. Um, but through practice and through just trying and trying and trying, I've been able to cut that down to right about six, 630 mile, 
um, which which is huge because I'm, I'm we're able to go from from our house to to the park in about 24 minutes, and before that would have been you know unimaginable by me. Yeah, totally. And it's it's super important for you guys out there to set goals for yourselves and not to dwell on what other people might be doing, but rather improving yourself a little bit each time. And that's why having um, a consistent path to work on and, and timing it is is going to be super important for you guys. And I just want to throw out there, Mike, that city miles are very difficult. So for all you guys out there in the cities, if your mile times aren't great, it's not gym class uh, and of the past where you were running a track and it was a steady path. Um, if you guys are running on the city, um, props to you for just making it happen. Yeah, and a big thing I do want to note is um, I owe it a ton to 75 hard that, that really taught me that you can push yourself much, much, much harder than you really believe you can. Because there's, there's a point where it's no longer physical and it's more mental. Because you, you think you can't keep going, but you realize after a while when you keep trying it and, and you build up that mental through 75 hard is a very good way to do it, that you can go and work yourself much, much harder than you really think you can. Oh, totally. And the, the dude who invented the 75 hard program, he has a very short phrase that I think is super important that you guys will pick up from here on out. And if there's anything that's going to stick with you on today's podcast, I think it's this phrase. Um, but part of my French show, the way that Andy Frizzella puts it is you have two voices in your head. You have the one that was all fired up and ready to go and wants to hit all these goals. And then when you're in the moment and you're doing these things, you have what's called your bitch voice. And you have a very important choice to make. You're running, you're tired, are you going to stop and start walking? Are you going to go home? Are you going to listen to this bitch voice? Or are you going to make sure that that voice that was telling you you wanted to do all these things, are you going to let that voice take over and are you going to push yourself? That's what's helped me really tear up those skate park runs. Um, and I know sometimes Mike gets a little bit tired on these runs and uh, he'll slow down a little bit. And he needs a uh, reminder of the the non bitch voice. So I stay right next to him. I bark at him and make sure he goes a little bit faster. But when you guys are faced with that that voice in your head that's saying you're tired, you need a break, you need to rest, you need to take an off day from the gym, that voice you need to cancel that voice out. You need to make sure the voice that wrote down those goals in the beginning is the voice that's in your head when you're going because you'll be able to get there. Yeah, totally. And and for any of you that do 75 hard and you, you uh, attempt it, you will realize this this bitch voice. Um, you know, when you get home from work at 11 o'clock at night and you still might have one or maybe even two workouts left and you still have to do it, when you actually do it, you feel so much better about yourself and you do have that boss voice and that will continue on with you and will keep on happening more and more as you keep on pushing through that bitch voice and you'll just feel so much better about yourself. Yeah, for sure. What about your monetary goals, Mike? What do you got on tap for us? So some of my monetary goals include, um, for cars, it includes a Tesla. JD knows this. I've wanted a Tesla for a very long time, um, and that is definitely my, my flashy car goal. Um, the Tesla Model 3, I want a red Tesla Model 3 um, maxed out with all the specs. That's that's my biggest thing. Um, for houses, um, I'm not really too specific in my house. I kind of just want a house... Um, I really want a house in the Poconos to live in. Um, some of you guys know I do have a rental in the Poconos. Um, working on getting number two, but uh, I do want houses everywhere. Um, and yeah, those are really my biggest monetary goals. Um, as well as I do want at, by the end of this year, ten thousand dollars a month passive income. Ten thousand a month in passive income—that's a huge goal. And I, I know you're going to be able to make it happen, or at least get close enough that you're financially free, which I think would make a lot of people financially free. 
um, and really improve their lifestyle. So good for you trying to hit that. You're, you're 19, trying to get it by, by the end of the year, you said? By the end of the year. Wow, dude. Well, I know you did put another offer in on a house today, which would put you at two. Um, passive income from that could be like 35 to, to four thousand dollars a month so you're you're getting there dude you're getting there working up there yeah i'm trying i'm trying to get as close as i can and and, and i know that maybe i won't hit that ten thousand but also if, if you guys know grant cardone he says um the 10x rule 10x whatever your goals are and then you're gonna put that much more effort towards those goals like if you only want to make a thousand dollars a year or sorry a thousand dollars a month you're only gonna do that much effort that you think it requires to make that much but if you want to make ten thousand dollars a month then you're going to put that much more effort into your your daily life and your daily activities to reach that goal. And you might come short, but coming short and getting 6,000 instead of 10,000 is a lot different than coming short and getting 600 instead of 1,000. Wouldn't you agree? Oh yeah, I'd rather have $8,000 a month than $1,000 a month because I fell a little bit short of my $10,000 goal. Um, I'm hoping everyone out there could could see how in their life uh, an extra $8,000 a month passively could be a, a deal maker. A huge difference, then. Yeah. So, so what are you? What are your goals? Uh, I want to get to 100 rental units by the end of the year. Um, that's that's kind of where I'm at with the houses. Uh, I want to make sure our management company gets to 500 rentals under management. And really, a big part of those goals is ties into another goal of mine, which is to help five other people hit uh, $100,000 a year. So, by scaling the company, I know there's people who are going to be making that. Um, by having 500 units under management, that means there's going to be a lot of people who now have rental houses and passive income. And really, I just want to act as that kind of guiding light and mentor to get people living free because it gets gets a little lonely. Um, as much as the time flexibility is nice, it gets harder and harder to find people who are always down to go hit up these places. Like I'm trying to go to Bali at the end of the year. I need some people who have the, the time flexibility to go to Bali for a month with me. I could definitely take a trip out to Bali. Just by the way, throwing it out there. Um, but let's let's sort of wrap up a little bit. Um, where do you get the motivation to keep going and keep pushing yourself to go further? Because at this point, you could probably stop and, and be comfortable. You could probably live your life, but what makes you want to keep going? Yeah, well, I ask myself this all the time because when, when work gets hard and uh, the bitch voice comes out and is like, why do you need so many units? Why do you need to do all this stuff? Why don't you just move to Bali now because you have a hundred times the amount of money coming in that you would need to live. And it kind of goes against financial freedom to keep building and working. Um, but I love the work that I do. And, and for me at this point, it's more about everyone else around me. I know that if I can creep, keep building things up and I've been reading like crazy, I've been developing all these skills that I don't want to put them to waste. Why would I just stop now if I can keep building something that other people can benefit from? And I can show other people the way and get them to live a life that they've always dreamed of. So for me, uh, I think about all the people around me who have put in so much effort to make the lifestyle I have even possible. Um, people like Tyler, people like Tom, who are just killing themselves to make sure every guest has a great stay. Um, and to, they are working so hard to build a life for themselves. I want to make sure that I'm pushing and using the best ability that I have to create more opportunities for them and create more opportunities for everyone around us to benefit because there are people putting in the work. Uh, and if I have the power to, to make their life better, I'm going to pull the trigger. Totally. Yeah. And I'm the same way. I, I, 
it's it's really just fun for me, honestly. That's where I get the motivation. I enjoy doing what I do, and I know that the the result of me not continuing and, and me not pushing forward is is back to that nine to five. And the reason I left that is because I don't want to do that. So that's that's really the biggest thing for me is I just don't want to go back to where I was, and I just want to keep improving and, and doing better. And um, it's it it helps a lot when everyone around you is also trying their best and crushing every single day. Because um, I do want to be the average of the five people I'm around, genuinely. Yeah, totally. And that's that's the environment we've created here. If you guys are out there listening, you want to come through Philly, check out the lab where where it all goes down. Which is that's what we call the house that we live in, um, where everyone's hitting the gym every day. Everyone's going on these runs. Everyone's reading every day. If you guys want to come check that out, feel free to, to stop in, um, DM us, and we'll, uh, we'll have you through for a day on a field trip. Yeah, a little field trip, guys. We're open to anybody who wants to come. Um, yeah, but that's, that's pretty much the end of the episode. Is there anything else you wanted to add in there? Is that I think we pretty much touched on a lot of, a lot of good topics today. Oh, I think we left it all out on the field today, Mike. I just want to give a big shout-out to uh, Paul Klein, uh, the lead singer in Lanny. Um, Paul, love you, man. I uh, can't wait to see you tonight. I want to give a sh- big shout-out to the Buffalo Bills. Their season's about to start. They're a perfect example of the work-hard, play-hard mentality. Um, and a big shout-out to you, Mike, for being the co-host on this podcast. Uh, let's, let's make this thing happen. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, guys, if you, if you like this podcast and you, and you uh, got some value from it, we ask that you do um, like it and give us a rating. It really helps out a lot. It lets us know you want to hear more from us. But other than that, I uh, hope you guys have a great day and uh, live free. Live free.